One Heart Church, how are you this morning? Oh, you can take your seats. It's great to see you here in church this morning. Just want to welcome you if you're visiting here with us today. It's great to have you with us. I know I've seen lots of people here from uh, Gawler, Adelaide, Adelaide Hills, uh, all here probably on holidays just preparing to move to Port Lincoln because you love it so much. Great to see Jesse Ann with us this morning. Old, old friend here, so great to have you with us and your family. Where's the rest? Are they all ran away. They were gone. But anyway, you're here. It's great. We, uh, we go way, way, way back and remember being in a youth group together um, in Mount Barker and uh, always be watching Jesse Ann worshipping God and on her knees and crying. Uh, do you still do that? It's just awesome. Yeah, you should do it. It's good. So, uh, yeah, there's other people here if you're visiting. I'll, I won't mention all the Tumby Bay crew. Took up the back row. Good to have you with us as well. Thank you. Well, here we are, the last Sunday of 2019. And um, just want to um, speak something that's going to be most helpful for all of us today um, as we close off a year. So I'm just going to pray, and then we were, uh, we'll get right into my message this morning. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for how much you've invested in us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're uh, here with us this morning and you want to communicate something to our spirit today. So I just pray, Lord, that our hearts be open and our minds attentive and our, our spirits willing to go where you want us to go today. In Jesus' name, amen. Who had a good Christmas? I had a good Christmas. Look, I got some special Christmas socks here. Can you see that? So we, we, I need to have a camera on that. We don't have a camera, but they're, they're, they're me socks. If, if you didn't know, there's a picture of me all over the socks. It was my, my best Christmas present ever. I know you're all going to want to have a pair. But our theme this year has been the supernatural. And uh, I, know, I already know where, we, where God's wanting us to go next year, and that is, that is uh, living in victory. So the key word for next year is victory. And uh, uh, I think that just is a, uh, the next level, the next step of living a supernatural life is living a victorious life, living a life uh, beyond the constraints of our natural world and it's victorious. So uh, just on that supernatural theme, supernatural can, uh, can mean spiritual things that don't come from God. So when we talk about the supernatural world, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the supernatural from the Holy Spirit, but I, I know and am aware that uh, talking supernatural things uh, can come from things that aren't from God. So I'm talking, uh, when we use the word supernatural, about spiritual things from God that are life-giving and life-building, that type of supernatural. So I don't want us to get confused about some things, but we're going to cover a, a lot of ground this morning, but I hope it's helping you. So... My definition of living in the supernatural is when the worst happens, the best comes out of you. So when the worst thing happens, if you're living supernaturally, the best will come out of you. So it's like, you know, when, you, when, when you're under the pump or when you're under the squeeze, you, you really find out what is in you. So when the pressure's on, that's when you might find the need to turn to drinking or you might find the need to start swearing. Who's ever lived in that kind of a zone? It's like, you know, I, I was doing fine until something went wrong and the pressure came and then I found that I was reverting back to 
things that I, I wish I, I didn't have in my life. But my definition is uh, living in the supernatural is when the worst happens, the best comes out of you. So I'll, I want to see us maturing in our faith and our walk with God so that when pressure comes, the first thing that we think of, the place that we run to, is to Jesus. The things that come out of our mouth is to honour God in the situation. Um, so that's the type of supernatural that I want us to be leaning into. And um, I think it's important to end the year in such a way that we start the next year well. So we close some doors so that we're free to start into something new and fresh next year. It's like someone who escapes a bad relationship. And, you know, you, you know I guess we always look at other people and think, oh, look, they're in a bad relationship. But, uh, but when they escape it, um, they carry on to and into the next relationship and, and uh, they, they, they project their hurts and their pain onto their new relationship. And if we're not careful as Christians, we can, we can uh, accumulate things, baggage, hurts, uh, disappointments that have happened in the past, and then we project them forward and carry them with us like, like a, a backpack into our future. So what I want you to do this morning is to let some baggage go, let some of that stuff go. Don't carry that into next year. Leave that in the past. That's why I think it, it is really, really cool that we have a calendar that uh, starts over again every year. Because even psychologically, not so much spiritually, but psychologically, it gives us a fresh start, something to start again, a point to start again from. So uh, we can take advantage of that in our spiritual life as well. So um, where am I up to? I was challenged at the start of this year as we um, started this journey of, of uh, exploring the supernatural um, to change my language from words of limitation. And I found myself very often in certain, certain situations, particularly in board meetings, um, saying words to the effect of, well, we have to know our limitations. So we, we can't really do this or that right now because we've got to know our limitations. That's a very feasible kind of a concept to, to talk about. But I realized I was, I was in the wrong when I spoke over myself and the church words like that. I would say uh, in situations we have to know our limitations. In effect, I was playing it safe when I should have been leaning towards faith. I was trying to play it safe, thinking, well, that's a little bit too far. Well, I don't know if we have the money. I don't know if we could, uh, if we could stretch ourselves that far or whatever reasons. And so I would throw up a smokescreen of anti-faith that said, we've got to know our limitations. And what I discovered is I was limiting the plans that God wanted to do in and through me and in and through the church by my confession. I should have been leaning forward into faith, not leaning out of it. And perhaps that's the most important thing as we go into a new year is to step into things believing, knowing what God has said. What God has spoken is the most important thing that we need to listen to and hear. I learned I don't need to know my limitations. But to live supernaturally, I need to know my limitless God. I need to get to know my limitless Jesus. And I need to step into faith into things that I think, well, that, that's impossible. That can't happen. I don't know how that will work. I don't know if we have the right people. I don't know if we have enough money. I don't know if we have the right building. Uh, I don't know all these things. But when I step in faith and say, but God, I'm going to listen to what you're saying and leading where you're leading me, 
then you know what? He'll work out all those other things. But I don't have to stay limited because of my limited perspective. I want to step into a supernatural perspective that releases the purpose of God over my life. So the big question is, how do we do that? I know you're all asking the question anyway. Okay, okay, big shot. How do we do that? Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Jesus gives us a clear indication how we live, how we step out of our limited life, out of our limited speaking and thinking into the limitlessness of God. And it says this, Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Oh, that's exciting. So to walk in this supernatural world, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So Jesus understood the supernatural like no other man ever, ever could. Do you agree with me on that one? He, he understood the supernatural source of power was in a connection that he had with heaven. Jesus lived in a human body that we just celebrated Christmas where we, we remember Jesus' birth. And, and that tells us that Jesus came, he lived in the same kind of limitations that we understand as a human being. He, lives in that limit, he lived in that limitation, but he had a supernatural connection to heaven that released the power of God wherever he went. So Jesus had time, he made time for his closeness with God. And he was re-energized in the supernatural. He was setting an example for us that we would do well to follow. That we need to keep a connection with heaven. I I was telling the prayer group this morning at at 9am, if you're part of our church, church doesn't start at 10, it starts at 9, where we come together as a group and we pray. And so uh, it's only about 10 minutes. and It's 10 minutes of prayer, uh, just seeking God for what he wants to do uh, for for our service. And... um. I was telling those guys that uh, I had a book once. It was called, it was called The Jackaroo's Handbook. And, and, and it had all this information. It was a great book about, about being a jackaroo, working on a station, uh, what, the, what things to do, what things to learn. It had all this, all this cool information. And one of the things I really remember, and I don't know where this podcast may go, but Richard Dennehy, you've still got my book. I've named you. Wherever you are, I'll find you. Bring the book back. But years, anyway, I loaned it to a friend and never got it back. It's, it's still mine. It's just someone's looking after it for me. In this book, it said, whenever you use any machinery, like if it doesn't matter if it's a tractor, a vehicle, a truck, a car, a lawnmower, a rotary hoe, whatever it is that you use, any machinery, always finish with it and f- leave it filled with fuel. Leave it filled with fuel because you never know what's going to happen next. Living in the outback, Jackaroo life, you've got to be prepared for something if it goes wrong. So however you leave a machine, you, at the end of the day, your job's not finished until you leave it fueled up and ready. And one of the things I think we need to, um, we need to discipline ourselves as, as believers in Jesus Christ is to live a life fueled up supernaturally, fueled up in our spirit so that we have something within us so that when the need arises, we're already ready. We've got something to minister out of that's out of, the, the, out of the, the presence of God, the fullness of God that is within us, not running out of empty. Because if we're trying to help other people out of our emptiness, then we're just going to spread the emptiness. We want to be able to f- spread fullness, blessing, life to other people. I, I can tell you nice stories. I can tell you poetry. That might make you feel good for, for a little while, but it's not going to change your life. 
what, what, what we need from each other is, is brothers and sisters, a church that is able to minister the word of God, the power of God, the supernatural of God into every situation. It bypasses limitations. It bypasses the, the, the problems. It bypasses the circumstances and speaks the word of God, which speaks the word of life, the word of truth that can truly break a person's destiny open for the good. So Jesus had time of closeness with God. He was re-energized in the supernatural. I'll just have a commercial break right now, and that is for our seven times seven prayer and fasting. We've just got some posters up the back. You can look at all the times there. But starting in January, the 15th of January, it's a Wednesday night, we're going to start seven Wednesdays of prayer and fasting. Now, that doesn't mean that it's, it's an obligation. Everyone in the church is going to have to do that, and, and um, um, it's going to be a voluntary thing. But I believe over those seven weeks, praying and fasting together, that we're going to see God start to stir and start to shift some things in the spiritual that can't ever change until we take hold of those things in the spiritual realm. When we start to take authority spiritually over things. So uh, seven by seven, I've, I've got a, um, what is it, uh, a disclaimer. So please take this on board. If you're pregnant, work physically or on certain medications, fasting may not be advisable for you. So I've said it, so you can feel free. So if you just say, well, I took a Panadol this morning, I, I can't fast. Good way. But what is fasting all about? So fasting doesn't mean, because some people have some really skewed ideas when it comes to spiritual things. Some people think, well, I fasted a week. I fasted 40 days. I fasted 20 days. Therefore, I must be so close to God. You know, what? You, you're always as close to God as you'll ever be. You're always as close to God as you'll ever be. God doesn't owe you anything if you fast, if you give away everything. If you, you know, I, I love the story, one of the prophets, I don't can't remember, I think it's Isaiah maybe. It says that God told him to, to, as a sign to Israel to walk around naked and barefoot. And he goes, well, that's okay, do a little streak. I think it's Isaiah, do a little streak, run down the street in the nude. God's telling everybody. And, and then it says, it's like two years later. He's still walking around like, you know. Not saying that we, we do that. <laughs> but fasting, I don't know why, where that came from, but fasting is a good way to prepare ourselves for the supernatural of the Holy Spirit. And prayer leads us to uh, bringing to God the things that, that uh, He's putting on our hearts that we want to see happening, happening around us. So in prayer, we take it all to God. Fasting helps us tune into what God's saying. It's nothing about God's closeness to us. He's always close as, as close as we want to be. But, but it helps us to tune in to, him, to his way, his voice. So it denies the flesh to enlarge the spirit. So when we eat too much, we enlarge our flesh. When we fast, we enlarge our spirit. You got that? So I want to have an enlarged spirit. I'm, I'm still feeling the effects of, a, of Christmas. I'll tell you what, I was starting to growl at people that were eating the prawns that I wanted to eat. I was like, hey, everyone, you eat one less for me. John 3, 6 says this. You think I'm joking? I wasn't joking. I was like, have brother-in-laws and mother-in-laws eating all the prawns? John 3, 6, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. I want to tell you something, when we're a Christian, when we're born again, we're born again into a supernatural life. 
And we need to realize that God has a supernatural element that we need to tap into and discover. I'm taking too long. I've got to really go through all these notes here. But flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. And we're born again into a supernatural life. Supernatural things are birthed spiritually. And it would be great to enter the new year giving way to what Jesus wants to do. And, and so often we live at a level of, of a relationship with God where we're always asking God, telling God what he should do for us, not what, we, not he, what he wants us to do for him. So we, we live at this, at this base level where we've got the wires crossed and we're thinking, but Jesus, I, I've been asking you for this. And God, Jesus says, well, that's not in my purpose for you. That's not in my plan for you. Stop, stop wasting your energy and your time and your crying and your snot and your, and your tears for, for all the things that aren't in my plan. And I'll tell you one of the things you, you can do, you can, you can try this this week, is, is it's really, really important and really, really good if you have a discipline every day of reading the Bible and praying. You might think, well, what's that going to do? It's going to do everything. It's going to do everything. And so if you'll just take some time over the next few days, a lot of you are on holidays or in that gap period uh, that we have at this time of the year, say, Lord, will you give me a verse? Give me a word. Do it in your normal daily time and God will show you something, a word, a clarification of something. God's already given me one for next year. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I just have to watch and let that happen. And, And he can do that in your life too. But you just find one word, one scripture. Write it down. Put it somewhere where you're not going to lose it. And somewhere during this year, you're going to say, well, thank you, Jesus. I've got that to hang on to. I've got something, a word from God, a supernatural word of God that I'm going to speak over my own life. That is going to protect me, preserve me, and save me this year. Encourage yourself in that. So to be, being a Christian is, is being a supernatural person. Being supernatural, we have, uh, we have both feet on the ground but living in the presence of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what supernatural is all about. It's not like, hey, watch me, I float around. You ever, oh, I shouldn't say that about things, but, but you know, there's some, sometimes I just, I just wonder what, what uh, medication people take. Because it seems to me that they're not anchored. They're not, they're not set in things of God. And, and they're living some kind of a weird fantasy and, 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 and put up in front of them this, this, this air of spirituality that is, that is not even, that, that is not godliness. I won't go too deep into that. But we want to be people when the worst happens, the best comes out. When the worst happens, the best comes out. Because Jesus didn't say, come now, I'm going to come, come and uh, go into this born-again supernatural experience of living. And then you're going to be, you're going to be wrapped up in bubble wrap with, a, with, a, with a, um, uh, an airbag that goes off every time something's going to challenge you. You'll be safe. An airbag will go, poof. Be warned, airbags can kill. But we don't want to become people who don't expect God to do things. We've got to be people who expect God to do things. You know, I, I think just Carmel, can I use you as an example? Carmel's here. She's on holidays from living interstate. But uh, she, she had a Leatherman tool that one of my, my um, her auntie gave her for, for her uh, graduation from, from army school. They gave her this Leatherman tool and, and somehow it got pinched. It got stolen. 
was taken without authority. And uh, she goes, oh, someone took my Leatherman tool, Dad. And I said, you know what? We're just going to pray for that. We're going to pray that, that you get it back. I think that's impossible. That's crazy. Anyway, we said, let's pray and let's just believe for God. I don't know how many days later she got her Leatherman back. Somehow it got back into her hands. Then her bike got unauthorized use. It was taken. And she said, I, I need the bike to ride around. And all that. someone took my bike. I said, you know what? You got the Leatherman back. Let's just pray. You get the bike back. You know what? She got to steal her own bike back. Yeah, just yesterday, living in a supernatural thing. I, I, I'm, you know, this doesn't happen to me very often, but, but I, I, I felt this uh, um, sort of a, a pain in my ankle, my right ankle. I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's a weird pain. It was sort of like, a, like a, an arc feeling in my ankle. I'm not trying to weird people out here. This doesn't happen very often. I'm thinking, that's just really funny. And, and, and I sense the Holy Spirit saying to me, you know, that's because you need to pray for someone who's got a sore right ankle. I'm thinking, oh, that's really good. I'll show up. I'll go to take that to church tomorrow. So who's the person here with a right ankle? And everyone says, I've got a right ankle. I think it's sore. That's me. By the way, look at those socks on my right ankle. Look at that. And anyway, I'm just thinking, oh, that, that was, and then the pain went away. I thought, okay, that's really interesting. And Josh, our son, is going, was going to Adelaide. And before he goes, he says, oh, you know what? I really want you to pray for me because I've got a really sore right ankle. I said, what? He said, damn, I just missed my big chance. So, so, we, so we prayed for his right ankle. And I said, you know what? I knew there was someone close to me who had a sore right ankle. But I, I don't want us to be people who don't expect God to do things, that don't expect good things from God. You know, there's three things it says in the Bible that remain forever and ever. Faith, hope, and love. Faith is what we take us, that takes us into heaven. It's believing in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Hope believes good things for, from God, always believes good things from God. That never ends. That means when we go to heaven, when we go into eternity, there's always going to be something new that's good from God because hope never ends. The other one is love. And we know what that is. Carmel, so anyway, I've spoken about Carmel. Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. It says, what is the price of five sparrows, two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. In Proverbs 3, verses 25 and 26, it says, the Lord is your security. The Lord is your security. So I use those two scriptures there to remind you that God knows who you are. He knows where you are, and he knows what you're going through. It's very often to walk through life thinking, well, I don't think anyone even knows who I am. I don't think, I don't think anyone cares who I am or what, what's going on in my life. But I want to tell you something today. Jesus knows who you are, and he's interested in your life. So to live supernaturally, learn to trust God. Learn to trust the word of God. Learn to pray. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow the, allow the supernatural of God to, to be a part of your every day. Now, I don't think that means that we all become like, like uh, um, zombies who, who just uh, parrot off scriptures. Some of the most unbalanced and unhelpful people I've known in church life are those who know lots of scriptures but don't know how to navigate through life. 
So it's not about memorizing scripture as, as some magic formula. But it's about having the spirit of God flowing through you that is energy and power and life that brings clarity, that brings right purpose, that brings connection. And I believe we're created to connect with other believers, connect with other people. It's, and, and sometimes you might think, well, we're in a safe little zone of, of Christians all together and, and we, we just mix together. We only use Christian plumbers. We only use a, a Christian baker. We, 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 we only you know, live in our own little Christian bubble. I don't think we should be like that. We should have a good, strong Christian family that we, that we are part of, but we also need to be salt and light in the world. That we have lots of connections with lots of people so that we know, we know when someone's struggling down the street. We can be the salt and light, the hands and feet of God into other people's world when they're struggling. That's being supernatural. That's our mission. One Heart Church is to be a light uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 talks about being a light that cannot be hidden. It's like a, like a city on a hill. It says exactly, it says you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You know, I, I believe every Christian needs to be a city on a hill kind of a person so that we are noticed for the right things, the good things. So as we consider 2020, our focus must be Reaching the lost. I found a quote. It says, I'd rather attend church with messed up people who love God than religious people who dislike messed up people. I don't know who wrote that, but it's pretty cool. Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. It says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. Make no mistake, people. Make no mistake, church. Over Port Lincoln, over South Australia, over the world, death wants to cast a shadow. Death wants to cast a shadow over your life. Death wants to cast a shadow over your faith. Death wants to cast a shadow over your belief. And a recent, you know, I guess a recent psychic fair advertised here, just locally, uh, it was advertised as Miracles and Wellbeing Expo. Now that sounds so inviting, so, so, um, so wholesome, so good, but it's, but it's steeped in darkness of a supernatural kind, but not from God. Um, it's darkness and plunges people into ungodly experiences that, that, can, uh, that, that can just confuse the voice of God, the genuine voice of God into people's lives. And it can be dressed up as uh, just like the, the advertising miracles and well-being expo. When we're talking about supernatural things, you, you think, wow, that's, that's so good. It's, it's so, so healthy, so, so wholesome to, to uh, dabble around in stuff like that. But the end of that is confusion, more confusion, and not peace that comes from God. So what that tells me, though, is people are looking for supernatural answers in all the wrong places. And... And we need to be people out there in the world because we can't expect that people are all just going to come walking through the doors of the church because often the, the view and the understanding that people have of church isn't naturally su a supernatural experience. Often people's experience of church is, you know, I, I guess, uh, um, old-fashioned. Uh, nobody goes there. Uh, smelly old buildings, cold, hot. You know, all those kind of things that, that uh, would be associated with, with uh, what people's first impressions of, our church, of church. But 
One Heart Church, our mandate is to shine a light for Christ, shine a light for Jesus over the Air Peninsula. Next week we'll be in Alliston. We'll have a team going to Alliston. I, I believe that's shining a light to Alliston. That's, that's, that's uh, allowing a light to shine into the darkness. And we need to combine with all the other churches in the city of Port Lincoln. We're not the only church. We don't have the greatest revelation. We don't have the, the greatest gifts or talents. We're just part of the church. I don't see myself as having any competition or rivalry with any other church or pastor. I, I have a great relationship with the, uh, the pastor of the uh, Anglican church. I would class him a friend. I have a great relationship with all the other pastors in the, in the town of Port Lincoln because we're, we're not um, in separate churches. We just, uh, we're, we're in the same church. We're the same church of Jesus Christ. But I do believe there's a, there's, a, there's a caveat there that every person needs to belong in the house of God where they are family, where they uh, can grow and are committed, can be discipled and strengthened and uh, strengthen one another. But we are all the body of Christ, wherever we are from. But we've got to pray for a supernatural of the Holy Spirit kind to dwell in us so we can reach the hurting and the lost. I said in the prayer meeting this morning that uh, if you took every church in Port Lincoln every Sunday, there, there would, would be less. I'd guarantee this. There would be less than a thousand people attend church on a Sunday or week or at weekly things in the city of Port Lincoln. And I know that there's about fourteen thousand or, or a little bit more than that probably these days. People who live in Port Lincoln call Port Lincoln their home. So that tells me we've got a big scope of people who don't know Jesus. A big scope of people who are disconnected from the presence of God. And I want to tell you testimonies of, of people that I've seen who've come into, uh, come into church because someone invited them and slowly but surely God has done the work and they've gone from not knowing Jesus to believing in Jesus. Can I talk about Dion? Can I have your permission? Yeah. Dion here sitting on the second row. He started coming to church because Narelle invited him to church. And, and he comes to church one day and he's like, mm, that's interesting. And, and, and I, can I talk about our first conversation? He says, he says look, he goes, oh, this is really, I, I kind of can't remember the exact words. He's saying it was kind of like a, a curiosity thing. And he says, you know, he finds it pretty strange. But, but his confession on that day was, well, but I'm an atheist. I thought, oh, that's interesting. So we had a discussion. It was all okay. Answered a few questions. Then he came back the next week and the next week and the next week. And pretty much just kept coming back. And then one day, I don't know quite what happened, but he said to me, remember he's a confessed atheist. He said, uh, I, I think I want to be baptised. Oh, first atheist baptism I've ever done. <laughs> Something had happened. There'd been, a, there'd been a conversion experience, a transition from, from not believing God to believing God, from not knowing Jesus to accepting Jesus. And that's what we want to see through the life of this church. Sorry, Dion, that wasn't planned. It was just uh, ad-lib. But there's a great example. I can look around this room and see lots and lots of people with a similar story who didn't know, who didn't want to believe, who didn't, didn't think it was anything, and yet somehow God has reached in and touched their heart and changed their life. So make no mistake, the, the, the shadow of darkness is over people's minds in Port Lincoln. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 8. 
says again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So I'll just uh, ask the, the musicians to come and join me, please. But I want to sound a sound for the church to gear up for reaching people. Reaching people who don't know Jesus. And there's plenty of them all around us every day. We, we see them in the shops. We live next to them. Sometimes they live in the same house as us. But we cannot allow ourselves to be so comfortable that we stop noticing people need salvation, that people need Jesus, that people are even seeking Jesus and sometimes we don't notice. But we have supernatural answers that will help them. You need to understand that when, when you fill yourself, as I talked a bit earlier about being filled, don't leave the vehicle empty when you finish using it. Be filled because you don't know from day to day, from week to week, who you're going to need to help. Who you, you're going to need to be energized to support and, and give you know, some, some guidance or help to someone else. Be filled all the time. 2020, we'll be gearing up. We'll be focusing our services so that every service we expect people to come to know Jesus. We want to, we want to reach the unsaved. You can be confident when you bring people to church that they'll see and hear the message of Jesus. And what we're going to do, we haven't got it here today, but we're going to have something we put up on the screen every single Sunday, every single service, saying, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to make yourself right with God today, you can. And we'll have a, a prayer that every single one, any one of you, if you were asked to lead the church in that prayer, you'd be able to stand up here and just say, turn to the screens. We're going to lead you through how you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because we want to keep that the focus. So as a church, our, a church's focus isn't to renovate buildings. A church's focus isn't to, isn't to um, you know, put lines in the car park. It's not to raise funds. Church's focus is to reach the lost, to be salt and light in the world and make a difference in the life of people who are hurt and broken. So I want to give you three keys, three things to live that supernatural life in 2020 and then I'm done. It's found in Matthew 5 verses 1 to 2. It says, one day as he saw the crowds, this is Jesus, one day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. So I'll give you three quick keys. The disciples followed Jesus up the mountain. I know this is really, uh, really deep. Be a disciple who follows up the mountains if you have to. Be a disciple that will follow Jesus in the boat if you have to. But be the disciple who's there. And the, the reward is you get close to Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you'll get closer to Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you'll know when he's sitting. And you'll know when you'll have time to rest in his presence and be refueled and be energized and be, uh, and be taught. The next key, it says they gathered around him. Now, you can't be a disciple if you don't gather with other disciples. That's the thing. We, we, we sometimes have these misconceptions um, about getting close to Jesus. It's never about just me and Jesus. There's always going to be others. There's always going to be others there, um, and we call that church. That's a great group of others. Sometimes when you're by yourself, you're in the worst company. You might think, hey, this is awesome, just me and Jesus, just me. But you're in the worst company because it's just you. So the reward you get to do life with others 
is you're on the same supernatural journey. You're on the same spiritual journey of faith and growth. It says in Proverbs that iron sharpens iron. And, and we want to be a church that, that sharpens each other's iron, sharpens our edge and develops and grows into something great together. The third thing, it says he began to teach them. This isn't good English, but you learn proper when you have a real teacher. You know, I did a trade. I was a plumber and gas fitter. And one of the disadvantages I had was I, I got a job with a company and there was a few guys who they called journeymen. They weren't real plumbers. They were just, they just learned things on the job. So they never went to, went, never went to a trade school, never had a proper teacher. And, and one of the guys I got with were, were for like four years was an old Italian guy, lovely guy. But I tell you what, he didn't learn anything about plumbing. And, and I, 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 he was teaching me. And I was like, mate, I'd, I'd go to trade school and, and then think, Mate, that's not how I was shown. That's not how we do it. And and then I started to realize, well, if I if I learn off him, I'm learning wrong. And so often in life, we're learning off the wrong examples. And I tell you something, if you want to walk in the supernatural, don't don't learn just off anybody. Develop a skill of, of balancing godly leadership in your life. And that's that's balance, that's right what the Holy Spirit's teaching you, and be a disciple of Jesus. You've got to combine all those things together and you'll be on a safe path that grows you spiritually. Nearly finished. So, the reward you live with supernatural, spiritual knowledge, understanding in every situation when you let Jesus teach you. Let Jesus teach you. Always have a heart that is willing to learn willing to know. I don't think you ever get to a stage of life where you think, oh yeah, I've been there, done that, seen it all, I know it all, I know I know that scripture, I've heard that scripture preached before, I've got a better revelation than everybody else on that, uh, I've, I've seen this, I've, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirts, you know there's always something more, there's always something fresh, always something better and new when it comes to our walk and our journey with Jesus. So this morning I want to pray for you if you just want to bow your heads. And I'm going to ask people if they do want to respond today to respond. And we've got the team here, Pastor Michael, Pastor Pauline, Pastor Kylie. We've got a whole team of people who are ready to pray. We've got Beth. She can come and pray as well. I think Mariah can pray. And I'm going to ask you, why don't we just stand this morning? And perhaps you're, you're living by no fault of your own. And you're feeling the sense of a shadow over you. You're living in this point of living with the, the shadow of death. You might that might be extreme, but you know it's like when you're when you're thinking about this, your spiritual walk. There's just like something always pulls you back, something always just stumbling you, getting in the way. Now we've got to be really, really honest here today. No one's going to be looking at you and judging what what you're responding for. But that shadow over your life could be confusion. You might have a spark sometimes thinking, I want to get close to God. I want to serve Jesus. But then confusion, uncertainty, or, or, or gossip gets hold of you. And you retreat again. You pull back. We want to pray with you today and believe in faith for a supernatural explosion in your life. Those who want to be light. Perhaps you're here and you think, I want, I want to step into being light to the darkness. I want to be part of the, the process of helping other people find their way to Jesus and just say, Jesus, will you use me today? I'll submit myself to be your instrument today. And as I'm talking, if you're any of these people, why don't you just come forward and the team can start praying for you. 
straight away. We'll just love to pray with you, stand with you, and uh, believe with you for breakthroughs in your life. Perhaps you desire to be a disciple that will follow Jesus anywhere. That will say, Jesus, if you go up the mountain, I'll follow you to the mountain. If you go across the sea, I will go across the sea. Whatever it is that you desire, then then you do that. And I'm just going to invite you to come. Invite you to come. Join me out the front. And myself and the team would love to pray with you, stand with you, and believe with you. People are coming. So if you want to join them, just come on down. So we're going to pray for people right now as we sing.